Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you are listening to this, and welcome to another episode of You Deserve to Be Here. As always, I am your host, Miss Brittany, and today I have a good topic for y'all. And I feel like this is a topic that's not talked about enough, um, and I don't see a lot of like content surrounding this topic as much as there should be honestly because a lot of what we put out on social media could be considered this um but we're going to talk about mentorship today you deserve mentorship now when i talk about mentorship i don't mean only in a official capacity like oh you have this um, certified mentor or um, certified therapist psychiatrist psychologist whatever but you deserve a level of mentorship in your life and let let me just be clear in saying that like having it in an official capacity is included in the kind of mentorship that I'm referring to, but not, there are other ways and places where we can find mentorship that a lot of us, um, are rejecting every day, right? Like we reject guidance. We reject, um, valuable insight. And the operative word there is valuable, valuable insight. Okay. Like I want to make that perfectly clear because we're not just talking about people giving their unsolicited opinions about our lives and what we're doing or, um, you know, these arbitrary guidelines on, on how to live and, you know, what you should be doing with your life and, and all of that nonsense. What, like we're talking valuable insights. And when I say valuable, that should be specific to who you are and you as a person, what's valuable to you, what's valuable to someone else may not be of value to you. So you have to keep that in mind. So we're talking valuable mentorship, valuable insights that a lot of us are rejecting. Now, I want to start with a quote that I saw on social media, of course, that said, your insecurities will have you feeling jealous of people you could and should be learning from. Let me just say that again. Your insecurities will have you feeling jealous of people you could and should be learning from. And I agree with this because I have been there before, maybe not in in such a extreme capacity where like, you know, I'm uh, talking bad about people or whatever, but maybe, you know, having like we, we've all experienced a feeling of jealousy before. I don't care who you are or what you have going on. We've all experienced some level of jealousy, envy, um, you know, just just growing, you know, and, and through our development processes. 
Um, but having had that experience, I understand what that means. I understand how it's easy to look at other people who may be further along than you or who may have something that you aspire to to have or they may be someone you aspire to be or whatever. I, I understand that. But I do want to dig into that insecurity a little more. And the reason why I want to do that is because a lot of us grew up without guidance. We grew up as unguided children who were either forced to fend for themselves at some adolescent point in their lives um, prematurely from from when they should have, you know. Um, We had parents or guardians who just weren't attentive enough um, and I don't mean like, oh, your your mom didn't pay attention to uh, your macaroni project kind of thing. But like, you know, they just they were preoccupied with their own stresses and, and their own mental battles and traumas and things like that. So, you know, they didn't give much of their time or or guidance to their children because more than likely they were unguided. So growing up in, in spaces where, you know, you were unguided, it, it, I think it does create this, um, how do I want to say it? This resistance to valuable guidance because we don't know what that looks like, right? So you, you grew up without it. You don't really know what that looks like. You don't really know what... Um, you know, what it feels like to have somebody really, really in your corner. Um, You start to develop like trust issues where you don't know like who's actually, you know, supporting you and wanting to guide you and mentor you and and tell you, give you valuable feedback or valuable insights and who's just kicking the shit with you. And, you know, they're going to ride for whatever you want to do and they're going to be whatever you with kind of thing. And a lot of times we fall into these friendships, relationships, um, you know, cling to family members or, or just peers, people in our lives who are the, the latter. They're the people who just want to kick the shit. They just want to know your business. Um, they're going to encourage you and, and, and all of the bullshit you on, whatever you on, they on, you know. Like they're going to reinforce those uh, the the negative beliefs that that you already hold about whatever the topic is, right? They're going to you know support whatever foolishness you want to get into. Like like these are the people that people typically consider your ride or dies or you know your day ones. But it's like what happens when you get into a space where you want to grow beyond that? You want to grow beyond your comfort level. You start to feel guilty about leaving those people behind because they have always rolled with you. They have always kind of like been with whatever you with, you know, like and and you got you were comfortable with those people. And truth be told, like you probably weren't even really comfortable. They were just familiar people. You you knew what you could get if you went to them. Right. You knew what what you could expect to, to receive from them. 
So it's hard sometimes stepping away from that because a lot of times it feels like stepping away from yourself. And and that's just the truth of the matter. You are stepping away from yourself, your old self. It's hard to part ways with people who have um, influenced and condoned our negative bullshit behaviors, you know, because it feels like I'm walking away from an old version of myself. And you are, and you should want to do that. You should want to do that. So when we step into an unfamiliar space and we do decide, hey, you know, like I would like more substantial guidance. I want more substantial, informative, um, developing mentorship. When you do make the decision to seek that, sometimes it can be scary. It can be really scary walking into a space where you feel you already feel like you're going to be judged. You feel like this person is going to see things in a way that, you know, you're not ready to see. You're not ready for someone to see the real you. And the key to even growing out of the old you is for is for you to show that person to the world. I had this conversation with a friend of mine where, you know, I was saying like, you really have to lean into your truth. You have to lean into your truth because that's the only way that you're really going to grow. The more you try to suppress and, and hide the parts of you that you feel ashamed of or the parts of you that you feel like you're going to be judged for, the harder it's going to be for you to grow out of those spaces. If you cover the roots of the flower, you're, you're keeping out all of the sunlight, all of the, the nourishment, all of the water, all of the, the everything that you need, this, this flower needs to grow. And you're keeping it out. You got a cover on it. You're hiding it from the world. It'll never grow. And you have to look at yourself as being a, a living, breathing and growing vessel. Because otherwise, what you doing? It's like if you if you're still living the same in the same way that you were living when you were 20 and you're now 42. What have you done for those 22 years? And this is why a lot of people become so dissatisfied with where they are and they start beating themselves up and they start to, you know, feel like all these midlife crises and, um, you know, they start to feel a lot of remorse for the things that they didn't do within the time that they were given, you know, and. And this is when they start to compare themselves to other people. They start to look around and see that life has continued forward. The people around you are continuing forward with their lives and, and accomplishing the things that they're setting out to do. And, you know, they're like life is being lived. And, and you have decided that you don't want to grow. You've chosen not to grow. And truthfully, this podcast for me was, that was what this was for me, a chance for me to grow. I I always look at sharing my experiences with people 
um, as an opportunity to inspire and an opportunity for me to just reflect on how far I've come and, and where I want to go. So when I'm saying, you know, all of what I'm saying to you guys, please understand that, you know, I'm saying a lot of these things to me too. I saw this post that was like, when people are giving you advice, they're usually talking to um, a younger version of them who they wish somebody would have told, you know, gave that advice to. And I'm like, this is so true for me. This is so true for me. This podcast literally is, you know, my way of talking to people who, who can relate and also talking to myself and talking to those younger, you know, versions of myself that didn't know any better from some of the things that I was doing. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to kind of make these reflections in order to, to move forward in your life. You have to be willing to be vulnerable with yourself, if, if not anyone else. Be vulnerable with yourself about, you know, the person that you used to be or the things that you used to do or the things that you used to tolerate or the boundaries that you didn't set in order to say, OK, from this point forward, this is what I'm going to do. If you never acknowledged that you lack boundaries. How, how do you get to a point of saying, I'm going to start establishing boundaries? You've never even said like, you know what, or, or realized, came to the, the conclusion that I lack boundaries. And in order for my relationships to be better, in order for my relationship with myself to be better, in order for me to grow, I have to start establishing boundaries. There are a lot of revelations that, you know, people, some people are just refusing to make about themselves, you know, that could be keeping them stagnant. And this is where I feel like guidance and mentorship really come in. I would say guidance, mentorship, and just speaking and living in your truth. This is where these things are pivotal because sometimes you need an objective opinion or perspective, especially from someone who may have had similar experiences, who, ha who just has experienced life, you know, and granted, like people, people are going to give you or advise you based on their level of experience, but give some of the people in your life credit too that, you know, they are able to view things objectively and, you know, give advice based on the information that they're hearing from you. And I'm going to be straight up with y'all. If you don't have people in your life who you want to take advice from, or you feel like you can trust enough to take advice from, then you got to reevaluate that circle. You got to reevaluate your circle. Because why do you want to have people around you that you can't even go to them in the midst of a breakdown and, and have them give you something, something solid to, to keep you going? You don't trust anybody's advice. You questioning everything that everybody's saying to you. Why do you want to keep those people around you? And, and likely, like I said, those are the people who are always on what you want. They always want, you know, they ready to do what you want to do. They're not really looking, you know, to help you grow. They're, they may just be looking to comfort you and to validate your feelings, which is cool. 
But in addition to that, you have to have people around you who want the best for you, who see the potential in you and who can inspire and motivate the, the growth in you. Now, I do want to say that I think people get confused or people get like this idea that they have to choose one or the other. They have to choose being the supportive friend who validates your feelings and, um, you know, and being the, the friend who tells you the truth. I, I really want to touch on this in, in depth a little bit, but I don't want to start rambling. But I will say, like, you don't have to choose. I have a really good friend and shout out to April. Shout out to April. This is I have to name drop because. One thing I can say about April is that whenever I go to her and talk to her or whenever we have conversations, I never get feelings of judgment from her. I never get like feelings of her trying to shove her opinions down my throat or her, um, you know, trying to be like this, like, like this authority figure and telling me what to do. Um, like, I, I swear it is the most, they are the most peaceful and reassuring interactions that I've had with a friend, you know, and I, I love and adore her so much for the ways that she communicates. Like she is a very effective communicator, very effective. She is mindful of her words when she speaks to people. Um, she's not just out here just like, like, I hate when people say, oh, I want to be, I, I'm brutally honest. You just mad. Cause I'm brutally honest. You don't have to be brutal to be honest. Who I don't, I want to know like who came up with that, um, that idea that you have to be mean in order to get your point across. Um, you know, but I respect, I respect and value her so much, you know, for just being like this peaceful person that I can come to now. Now that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean when I come to her, she's going to be all rainbows and butterflies. It doesn't mean that she's not going to call me out on my shit and say, well, you know, Britt, think about it this way. Or Britt, well, I mean, did you, what did you mean to say? Like, like when I say she can really get down to the bottom of things and, and not be such a, like, you know, I'm just on whatever you on kind of thing. And, and I value that in friendships because I'm a person who like, I, I like to learn about others just as much as I like to learn about myself. So a lot of times when I go to, you know, if I go to anybody for advice, you know, I always want to start with, with what I need in that moment. And, and shout out to, um, one of my old best friends, his name is, is Will, um, this was something that he kind of taught me and I, I've like since gotten in the practice of doing. Um, but whenever I go to somebody about anything, I, I want to start with what I need from them. So if I call somebody, look, I just need to vent so that they know off, off the bat what I'm looking for from that conversation. And I don't need, I don't want nothing more, nothing less. If I don't ask for, you know, your advice or a suggestion or your thoughts, then I'm, I'm probably not looking for that. I, maybe I just need to vent. And, you know, a lot of times I'll say things like, 
What do you think about this? Does this make sense to you? Am I overreacting in this situation? Like when I'm asking these direct questions, you know, um, same, same with Frank. Shout out to Frank too, my friend Frank. But, um, you know, when I'm asked, like, it's like having people that I can have these kinds of healthy conversations with where they understand the assignment. Oh my God, it's refreshing. It's so refreshing. Like you have no idea how many people like they call up somebody and then it's like this person is spewing all kinds of projections and uh, negativity your way about what you should do and how you should do it. And, and it's like, bro, I did not ask you for this. <laughs> like, I just, I just need, I just needed to vet, you know? And, and, you know, I want to be clear and say, like, I don't think that that's a form of, you know, like rejecting mentorship because the, the things that they're giving you are not really nurturing you. They're not mentoring you They're Like I said, they're just projections or, um, you know, like the person is greeting you with some level of like frustration or like, it's like in the midst of trying to make rational and, you know, critical decisions, that's the last thing you need. So it's important to have people around you who can really give you like a healthy approach, a healthy outlook on the, on the ways that you view things. Um, you know, and to have that balance of someone who is not afraid to say, well, you know, well, from from my perspective, Brittany, it seems like, you know, you may have overreacted in that situation or from my perspective, you know, think about it from, the, you know what I mean? Like just somebody who can just be objective. We all need that kind of objectivity, you know, from anyone who we're going to for guidance or mentorship. So none of us are really above or should be above learning something new. That's, that's the whole point in, in mentorship is, you know, getting new perspectives, learning new things, um, being guided in a different direction. And even if you don't agree with, with, you know, what you're getting from a mentor, you know, at least they were able to offer you a new perspective. A lot of people, and I don't mean no harm, but y'all stick with the people who y'all know share the same views and perspectives as y'all. And y'all are afraid to be challenged by people. Y'all are afraid for y'all perspectives to be challenged and a lot of times that's what's keeping you and going in the same circles that you've always been going in think about it from a relationship perspective you're in a relationship with someone and for whatever reason, y'all keep having these same fights over and over. It's the same thing. It might be different uh, times or different spaces, different weather, different places. But it's the same at the at the root. The argument or the discussion is the same damn thing that y'all have been talking about for seven years. And this is why people will encourage you go to therapy. And then you go to therapy Y'all go to couples therapy or y'all, 
marriage counseling or whatever. And the therapist offers y'all a new perspective. And it feels like, why didn't we think of this? <laughs> because y'all have been surrounding yourselves with each other for seven years, eight years, nine years. And, and all y'all doing is, is tennis matching back and forth the same the same tired perspectives, the same tired narratives, the same tired projections, the same tired anxieties and fears. And it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then this therapist comes in and he's able to see the, the bigger picture. He's able to dive deep and get to the root. And it's like, wow, I never realized this. This is why it's so important. Like, think about that, you know, on, on an individual level, you know, if it's been just been you versus you your whole life. You ain't never ran from a nigga. If you did cut your legs off, like <laughs> it's been you versus you your entire life. And then you get a therapist or you get a, a, a life coach. Or you get a, you, you know, you just talk to someone outside of your immediate circle and the people that you've been talking to for the same five, the past five years, like you get outside of, of your comfort zone and you talk to someone and it's like, wow, they offer you a perspective that none of the people in your circle have ever offered you because the people in your circle are probably going through the same mental battles as you. And this is why we kind of, you know, we have to be mindful too of how much we're putting on other people because it's hard for people to think for themselves and think for you. It's, it's really hard on, on a consistent basis. That's a difficult task. And, and that's asking a lot of someone to, to think for themselves. And then here you come every two days with new drama and, and you're kind of dumping and dumping and dumping on, on the people around you. It's going to be hard as hell for people to manage their lives and yours. So you, sometimes you will be met with, you know, with the people in your immediate circle, you will be met with like, girl, just, just leave the nigga. I don't know. Shoot. You, you keep, we keep having this conversation. Just leave them. I don't know. You wonder why they can't come up with anything else. Because y'all done had this conversation 20,000 times. So instead of you going in a, in a direction of receiving mentorship and guidance, maybe the route of therapy or just talking to somebody who hasn't heard this story before, somebody who you actually value their opinions and their insights. Somebody who can give you something solid. Instead of you talking to those people, you, you're going to run your, your friends and family dry. And then the crazy thing is some, some people have good, solid people who they know would be objective, who they know would, you know, offer them new, fresh perspectives. Um, you're, you're afraid to go to those people. Because you don't want them to challenge your perspectives. And you view, you know, getting valuable advice as criticism. 
that's that's a huge one a lot of people are stuck in these cycles because they view they view everything from a, a sensitive lens they view everything as they take it personally and they view it as criticism and then they hit you with rejections like i already know that you don't have to tell me that i already know that but it's like if you knew that then you wouldn't be doing the things that you're doing a, a lot of the times you know so if if you if you knew better do better you know and it's it, that's not a judgment but you know you can't be afraid of hearing an, an outside perspective on things that you know, like you know what to expect. You take it as somebody uh, looking at you like, like you uh, are inferior or you don't know any better when, when really it, a lot of times it's not that. It's just that, like, like I said earlier, you know, Sometimes people can see the old them in you and they can see, you know, things that you don't see that you, you can't step outside of yourself and see. And, and they don't want you to make the same mistakes that they may have made. And granted, you know, we'll say like some people just need to learn the hard way. And, but this is why this episode is so important because a lot of us don't need to learn the hard way. (laughs) None of us need, need to learn the hard way. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to go that route. Sometimes it's okay to just sit down and listen. That's the key. A lot of us can't listen. It fills us with so much anxiety to just listen to someone else and listen to someone, you know, give us a new perspective on something. It's like that is incredibly hard for a lot of people. I remember um, my younger brother and I had a talk and, um, you know, he, you know, he had kind of like went, went off at some point in life and kind of was doing his own thing. Like we all kind of started doing our own thing. And, you know, when we were kind of like, meet back up and like link up it was kind of where we were still looking at him like he was the little brother and by this time he's like you know 25 you know so like we're still looking at him like the little brother and and in turn you know we were still treat kind of treating him like the little brother you know every at every turn we trying to give him some advice or trying to tell him something or trying to you know just out of fear of him making mistakes you know, and granted, he, he, he's going to make his mistakes. He was going to make, he was bound to make mistakes. We all have to make mistakes, you know, but we, we just, we viewed him from this lens of big sister, big brother, you know, and little brother. Well, one day, you know, he kind of got fed up and he expressed like, yo, like I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a kid. Like there are things that I've been through in this life that y'all don't know about. There are things, you know, that I've experienced, like I'm I'm not a kid anymore. And, and like, y'all have to stop treating me like that. And he was right. He was right. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of have this attachment, you know, at the end of the day, he, he's still little brother and, you know, he's still 
my heart, but he's not a child, you know, and we couldn't keep treating him like he was a child, um, you know, and trying to tell him what he should be doing. And, and you know, and like at, at some point he's going to need to make decisions for himself. And he had already experienced that. So he didn't need to come around and, and for us to be trying to tell him, tell him, tell him what to, to do. Which brings me to another point that, you know, a lot of times people are afraid to take mentorship from people out of a fear that like it challenges their position in a person's life. Right. So let's say, for example, you know, he's my younger brother and he's coming to me saying like, I don't like that y'all treating me like I'm still a kid. Now. I could have took that like, I, I don't care what you say. I'm your, I'm your big sister. And you uh, like, I could have, you know, carried it like that. But at the end of the day, he was right. So mentorship is not always going to go, uh, a superior to an inferior or a teacher to a student or a mother to a child, an older sister to a younger brother. It's not always going to go in a, uh, a hierarchical pattern where the, the person at the top is mentoring the person, you know, beneath them. And a lot of times this, this is why, you know, that rejection comes from people who feel like they're in an inferior space, you know, because it feels like you're talking down on them and it feels like, you know, they are less than, they feel inferior. When that's, that's not the case, you know, like the, just as well as, you know, the experience of being mentored or, and sharing, you know, perspectives and um, guidance, it, it can go either way. I used to always call my, my older sister, I would always call her my baby. You know, because I remember times where she would come to me for advice on things. And and truthfully, I love that because, you know, it, it showed me that she wasn't so full of herself being my older sister, four years older than me. She wasn't so full of herself being my older sister that uh, she couldn't respect that I was a very mature child. You know what I mean? Where it wasn't like she was trying to overexert this authority over me um, just off the strength of her age. Like even at her age, she could recognize that like my, my younger sister is very mature for her age. And I, I appreciated that so much that she, you know, she didn't try to like sun me. You know what I mean? And like that to me, that made our connection much stronger that made me respect her when it came down to certain things like I, I told this story once um I had a motivational speaking engagement um during a sip and paint and I told this story that um when I was in high school I went to city my ninth grade year I went to Overly my 10th grade year um, and then I went to Patterson my 11th and 12th grade years. But when I was going to Patterson, I was kind of like going, I was going through a, a really, really deep depression. Right. And 
I was like not going to school at this time. I think I was staying with her for a little bit, staying with my sister for a little bit. So like I was not going to school. Like I was like sleeping all day on the couch. Like I was just in a really, really depressive like rut. And I remember one day her saying to me, so you're not going to school because you want to sleep because you want to stay home and sleep. Y'all like, and every time I tell this story, I get emotional. I get really emotional because like, that's, that's the impact. That's the impact of having somebody around you who you can really like, who you really trust somebody who, you know, has your best interest at heart. Somebody who, you know, like I said, she, she took advice from me at times. So she, I, I never viewed her like she wanted to, you know, like just be this authority over me. No, like she, she genuinely cared. She genuinely cared about like where, what I was doing with my life at that moment. And she didn't come to me and, and give me no uh, long lecture about you need to do and you need to get up. And da, 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 da. she like she never approached me in that way. But she said that small thing. So you want to stay home just because, you know, you want to sleep. She said that small thing. And when I say it shook my whole world up to, to think about it in that way, like. Sis, you really, you really are not about to finish school because you want to sleep on the couch. Because you letting, you know, like, <laughs> let me get it together. Let me get it together. Hold on, y'all. <laughs> but I'm back. <laughs> um, you, you letting your, all of the anxieties and all of the things that you've gone through in the past all of the feelings about what you felt in the past you're letting all of that stuff build up and that's about to make you not graduate like and I like it was just crazy that something so small like that could shake my world up the way that it did. And when I, and like the thing was, she was taking me to school at that time. Like once I had a car, she was driving me to school every day, you know, but it was like, wow, something so small. It wasn't like I, like at that time, you know, I wasn't catching a bus or having to be out in the cold or, you know, like, I'm, I'm, come on, now. I'm living with my older sister. Like, it's not like I don't have clothes, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it wasn't like I didn't have the things that I need. My sister did hair also. So like, you know, it was time, like my hair was done at those times. So it was just like, what are you doing right now? What are you doing? And to this very day, like, I'm so, so grateful for her just, just feeling enough in her spirit for loving me enough to even say anything for feel for understanding that like you know me staying home and all of that like I was used to no guidance I was used to no guidance so for her to step in and say you know like like to to feel enough of me to say we got to change this Brit and I love you and I want to see you know, I want to see better for you. I was so grateful for that. Now, if I was, you know, a person who thought that I was above mentorship, I would have argued her down. 
You don't understand what I'm going through. Blah, 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 and I'm stressed and I'm depressed. Blah, blah, blah. You don't understand. Would have argued her down. Maybe disregarded her. Maybe, you know, moved out. Because now I'm feeling like, you know what? She about to pressure me to do. Blah, 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 so now I need to move. Like, that could have gone so many ways. But I graduated on time. Okay. <laughs> I graduated high school on time and it, it took a lot to get me there, to be honest. Um, and anybody who went to Patterson knows that, um, in, in a class of 09 child, when they pulled everybody who wasn't finished their, um, their night classes out of that line, I think it was for a senior inauguration or something. And I was one of those people. We, we at the inauguration y'all, we dressed up. We dressed for the inauguration. We're in line, ready to walk in the auditorium. And I can't remember her name, but um, she came through with that clipboard. If I call your name, you need to get out of this line, and we're gonna go finish your um, your night courses. Because I had um, I had to, like I had to take so many. It was ridiculous. Um, but she called my name. I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, damn. Called, pulled me right out of that line, dressed and all. And we went and sat in that, um, I think it was like the fir very first floor or the basement floor in that, um, in that little room, sat on them computers and had to finish those classes. And it took me two nights to do it. I had, um, I had to sit in that class like, all, like from the beginning of the day to the end of the like I mean end of the day end of the day like 10 p.m. end of the day so I had to sit in that class doing those those night courses the whole like I mean two whole days but I got it done and I was grateful for it so it, it took a lot to really get me there and it's like you know being not being receptive to to that kind of mentorship like even even in that moment of of um I want to say her name was Miss Clark. Anybody who went to Patterson, let me know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say her name was Miss Clark. But even that level of mentorship, enough to say this inauguration, you walking down here and, and, and getting inducted into the damn senior hall of fame, whatever, like this is not important because this will be your last step. This will be your last um, acknowledgement. You won't walk across the stage. You won't even graduate. You won't even get your diploma if you don't get out of this line right now. So what you want to do? You want to walk down that aisle and, and wave to your family and, and, you know, and that'll be, you won't even make it out of high school or you want to make it out of high school. Like I respected, even though I was angry and I want to say my grandfather was there. I want to say my grandfather was the only person who, who showed up for that, but he was there. And I had to call him and say, I'm, I'm not going to be walking down there, you know, for the inauguration. So like, I, I was angry. I was a little embarrassed because it's like, dang, like, you know, I, I, like I knew what was coming. You know, when she started calling names, I'm like, I already know I'm on this list. Like, but you know, I had to sit down, get my little anger, get my little tears out. And for them to offer, for Miss Clark to offer me that new perspective, like what you want to do, you want to go in here at this inauguration or you want to graduate because you can't do both. 
for her to offer me that perspective and for, for me to look at, you know, things from a different lens for me to be able to acknowledge that I made some mistakes, you know, I made some mistakes in, in not going to school and sleeping all day. I made some mistakes in, in abandoning my studies and now I have to pay for those mistakes. Now I have to right my wrongs because you, you don't get, you, you can't get, you ain't going to get in the way if you don't right your wrongs. And we're not just talking wrongs in, in other people and, and, you know, but what about the wrongs within yourself? Like at the end of the day, I love school. Like school was never an issue for me. Academics was never a thing for me. Like I wanted nothing more but to go to school. Like, you know, that was my thing. So I was even abandoning myself and my quote unquote thing, the thing that I loved because I was depressed, because I was like, I was stuck in a rut. I was stuck around other people who weren't doing, you know, I was maintaining these friendships with people who weren't even encouraging me. I had friends who weren't even encouraging me saying like, what you doing? You didn't go to school? Why are you in school today? What? So to, to have to at least have that little bit of, of guidance and mentorship in my life at that point in my life was like crucial. It was crucial. If it wasn't for my sister saying that one thing, I might not have made it out of high school. I might have, you know, had to settle for a GED or, you know, or just may not have even gone back at all. Who knows? But all it took was that little bit of, of encouragement, that little bit of perspective outside of my own perspective. Because at that time, what was my perspective? <sighs> I'm depressed. I'm sad. Oh, I had all of these traumas in my life. I went through all of these things in my life. Oh, I feel so alone. Oh, my heart is broken. My first love left me and he off living his life and doing whatever. Oh, this like this, this terrible thing. I'm just filling my mind and, and continuing to circulate that same story. That same old song in my head. Keeping me stagnant, keeping me sleep on the couch. Y'all, get off the couch. Be open to correction. And even saying the word correction just sounds so, it sounds so jarring. It sounds so scary. Like, <gasps> correction? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because now, I'm about to introduce another segment to y'all for You Deserve to Be Here. And we gonna call this. Let me ease your mind. Break you in my world. Cause you didn't come. All right, all right. That's enough. That's enough of that. But let me ease y'all mind a little bit. <laughs> there are some words and phrases and ideas that we've heard throughout our lives that have taken on such a negative connotation. So I wanted to introduce this segment of the show to ease your mind a little bit, to remove the stinger, if you will, 
from some of these words and thoughts and phrases that have taken on such a negative tone and meaning that when we hear them, we are immediately on the defense. The word correction literally means a change that rectifies an error or inaccuracy. That's it. And just to throw another way of wording that definition out there, the word correction is used to introduce an amended version of something one has just said. If you don't know, the word amend means to change. That's it, y'all. It's the action or process of correcting something. That's it. But when we hear someone say like, uh, I need to correct you or um, can you take correction? It's like, <gasps> what do you mean? Because we have attached this connotation to it that means uh, a superior correcting and inferior because you know when you think corrections too like I mean just to kind of throw that out there like we think correctional officers or you know so we think of like an authority figure um handing down correction to uh an inmate or an employee or uh like someone of of lesser authority no that's, that's our own fears and anxieties attaching these um, titles to a, a word that simply means the action or process of correcting something or a change that rectifies an error or inaccuracy. If you like, like just to, to um, give an example of that, if someone said your name incorrectly, would you correct them? Or would you just be like, no, it's, it's no big deal. No, you would correct them and, and inform them of how to accurately pronounce your name. I would hope you would do that. Unless you want somebody walking around calling you a name that is not your name. Correction does not mean that you have done something bad or you have um, you're a bad person or, uh, you, you can't think for yourself, but there may be error or inaccuracy in the ways that you are behaving, speaking, um, whatever. And you or no one else in this world, not even me are above making an error or having an inaccuracy in, in something. None of us. So you have to remove the, the negative feelings that come with being wrong or um, being inaccurate or having an error. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people where like they'll be completely offended by something that I'm like, why, why did that upset you so much? And they'll be like, because, because she knew what I meant and she, she knew what I would, but if that's not what you said, then how can you expect for somebody to know what you mean if that's not what you said? That's, that's not the way reality and life works. And this is largely why it's really important for us to grow 
in a lot of these areas because, you know, when you do grow, you learn to speak better. You learn to speak more clearly and concisely. You learn to think more clearly and concisely and, and removing your personal feelings from things, removing the, the need to be a victim, the need to be right all the time because this is another reason why a lot of people just reject mentorship because they know everything look my good pisces sister erica badu said the man that knows something knows that he knows nothing at all damn y'all feel that <laughs> the man that knows something knows that he knows nothing at all okay and while I'm at it, because I done done two drops in this damn video, so I just want to add, I do not own the rights to any of this music, any of these songs, any of these lyrics, just sharing them for informational and educational purposes only. But if you know everything there is to know in this life, what you doing? You, you ready to die then, right? You're ready to go. You you have nothing else left to discover, nothing else left to learn. You you're ready to go. We we can pull the plug on you then, right? This world is filled with so many things to discover. Not even the highest of high successful people know everything. And and most of those people are as successful as they are because they are on a constant search for learning, on a quest for knowledge, a quest to, to get new ideas and implement new ideas, new business strategies, new, um, they're, they're learning more things about the world, the way the world works. They're getting, uh, they get successful and then they start linking up with scientists and marine biologists and um, all of these different uh, studies of just studies, people who, who are experts in their fields of study. And now imagine uh, Jeff Bezos going to a damn marine biologist and trying to tell him how to do his job. The reason why these people are connecting with people outside of their industries, outside of their their own you know fields of study is because the more you learn the more expansive you can become the more uh the better ideas you can create the more you grow that's that's just life imagine you wanting to start a business and you know you never getting any any doing your research or connecting with someone who may already be in the industry or talking to anybody, you know, who, who may have been in the industry and gotten out of the industry. Like you, you never tapping into those resources of mentorship and you starting this business. And now you're, you're doing, uh, implementing ideas that have already been done twice over and failed. Um, you're, you know, using strategies that are outdated you have no knowledge of nothing, but you going into this thinking you know everything, thinking you, you got it under control. I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, like I want to use power as an example for this because James St. Patrick, his famous line, I, I got it under control, Tommy. Tommy, I got it under control, Tommy. Like, <laughs> James, you don't have everything under control. And as you can see, 
he was getting himself into one issue after another. And his 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 um strategy was to kill every damn body. And everybody he killed came back in another way. You killed Lobos, here comes uh Milan. You kill Milan, here comes um you know, Jason. And I think it was somebody before Milan. It was um yeah, it might have been Milan. Then I think it was the Jimenez. Like his strategy was just to kill everybody who knew more than him or who was at, at a higher um, financial bracket or, or authoritative title than he was. Learn from people, y'all. Obviously, that's a fictional example because in real life, you can't just go around killing people, killing the ops. <laughs> Not even, they weren't even the ops, for real, for real. They was trying to work with him and do all of this, or whatever. But, you know, you can't just go around figuratively killing off everyone that your anxieties tell you you should be jealous of. Everyone who may be a few steps ahead of you or everyone who you think has more than you. It doesn't it doesn't benefit you to not learn from those people. And I think this is one of those things that um, you see early in the industries where. Like, let's say there's a new artist or a new uh, basketball player or something, and they just come in dominating an industry, you know, and it, it kind of looks like, oh, they, you know, they didn't have, they never had any mentorship. And where the, the, the greats before them kind of look at it like, slow down, young bull. <laughs> like, you know, take these opportunities to, to get the mentorship because you may have the, the talent. But mentally, you could be all over the place. You know, like, mentally, you could just be like a, a, a one-trick pony. You know, like, you, you, you a hothead on the court. Nobody wants to, to sign you because you always blowing up at the games. There's always an opportunity for learning and for you to be teachable. You know, like in, in the in the music industry, you know, you see it where certain rappers come up and it's like, you know, the the older generation of rappers might feel like, oh, this person isn't paying homage to the greats before him and this and that. Where the, this person's coming up and they're like, I'm the best to ever do it. And it's like, bro, relax, relax. You're building off of, of years and years and years of, you know, rappers before you. You didn't just come out the gate swinging like this. That th these styles had to be established and solidified in the industry before you could be be great. You know, so like these opportunities for mentorship. You may have one one piece of the puzzle, but there are so many other pieces that you can learn from other people. I know I'm a I'm a phenomenal hairstylist. But there are some things that I still want to learn. <laughs> and one thing that I can say about social media is it does expose you to the greats of the greats. You know what I mean? Where like, to me, that's inspiration. Sometimes I see these braiders and like, I, I know that I braid really neat, but I see these braiders and I'm like, God damn, <laughs> these braids are neat as hell. 
And I'm like, that's, that's where I want to be, you know? So it, it like enables me to practice to getting there, to, to have a, a goal, you know, that I can aspire to reach. Now, without, without me seeing that or me looking at that through a, a jealous lens, you know, it will be like, yeah, her braids neat, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna find something wrong. You know what I mean? I'm gonna find something negative to say. I'm gonna find something, you know, to, to not be inspired by, by her. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, no, just take, take the things that you want to be inspired by and, and run with those. Set your goals based on that. You don't need to look for more reasons to be uninspired. You don't need to look for more reasons to to stay on the couch. Look for more reasons to be inspired by people. This is what keeps you in in positive spirits. You have goals. You have things you want to set out to reach, things you want to accomplish. It keeps you in a, a perpetual forward motion. That's, that's what life is about. That's what life is about. I was talking to a friend over the weekend and like, we were talking about like living in the dash. You got to live in the, and actually live in the dash. Don't just be in the dash, live in the dash. I heard that the for the first time at a funeral I can't remember whose funeral it was it was like some years ago but you have your born date you have your death date and then you got the dash in between the two of them live in that dash you gotta live in the dash if your life is a merry-go-round that you can't get off talk to somebody new Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody who is at a place that you aspire to reach. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to to live in your truth and say exactly where you are right now when you're talking to that person. Because a lot what a lot of people do too is they get around these people and they try to like it's it's a it's a dick swinging contest now. <laughs> they you know this person may be like you know not necessarily bragging on their accomplishments but they may be talking about certain things in passing or whatever and you trying to make sure that you you don't seem like you you ain't up on what they up on you trying to make it seem like you you can keep up if you're not there yet you're not there yet and that's okay that's okay but you know that that fake it till you make it that's not real that's not that's that's a fallacy because me faking like i'm i'm rich right now i'm wealthy right now that is, that ain't gonna get me a single place but but broke more broke <laughs> like you'll be buying things that you don't need to keep up appearances and doing things that you shouldn't be doing it to you know look right i i had this um I was going out, this was, <laughs> this was a little while ago, right? Um, when I first moved to, back to Florida, I got on Bumble to, you know, make new friendships, you know, like with women. So on Bumble, you can do like dating, networking, or you can do like friends. So I was on the friend side um, and I was meeting new people and things like that. And mind you, I had just moved here. So obviously, 
you know, the cost of moving was a lot, you know, between U-Hauls and towing my car and all of this. Like, I'm, and then, oh my God, y'all, towing the car was, cr- anyway, that's a whole the story for another day. But, um, you know, so financially, I was, I was in uh, recoup mode. I was trying to recoup some, some funds. You know, like I said, I just moved here. Most of my clientele is in Baltimore. So like, you know, now I got to reestablish my hair clientele. You know, I'm still working my full time, but like we, we in recoup mode. That's it. Bottom line. And, you know, one night I I wanted to go out. So, um, one of the girls that I bet on Bumble, we ended up going out to this place, really nice place. But when I pulled up, um, or either when I pulled up or when I was on my way, she was like, yeah, girl. Um, <laughs> she was like, we're going to, um, we're going to buy a table or we're going to buy a section and, uh, we're, we're all just going to split it. And I was like thinking in my mind, like who? <laughs> and, and it wasn't even that I didn't have the money to split it, but one, I don't really, I, I'm not at that level yet. I can just be fully transparent with y'all. I'm not at that level yet where I'm just like cool we buying a section all right and mind you I hadn't even been I hadn't got to the place yet so I didn't know what kind of place this was and and one thing about that look I'm picky I'm a little picky so I ain't trying to be buying no section I'm doing air quotes section you know for a a, a stand-up table and it, with an umbrella over it or you know what I mean so like I hadn't seen what the this alleged section looked like um you know, and it was just kind of like an impromptu thing. And, and like, at the end of the day, this was my first time meeting this girl. So, um, and she, and she turned out to be the sweetest person. Like I like love her, but, um, you know, this is my first time meeting her. So I don't really know, like she knows the area better than I do. So I don't really know what, what the vibe is. You know, I, I'm not just coming out of pocket for something that like, I ain't even peeped yet. You know what I mean? But it was just like, you know, I could have been on some like, oh yeah, cool girl. But at the end of the day, I'm not about to sit here and act like I didn't just move uh, a thousand miles from Maryland and pay hella money to make this move and trying to get my life together. And I got stuff I still need to buy for the house and I still need to get groceries. And like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) So, you know, it wouldn't have done me any good to, to fake and pretend like, you know, I'm up on a level that of, of established that I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't fully, you know, settled yet. Um, but you know, that's, that's the beauty of just living in your truth and being honest with people where people know where, where you are, you know, and I wasn't afraid that she was going to judge me or look at me like, Oh, Oh, she a broke bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) because like I said, that wasn't the case, but it's just like, I I don't think I'm, I was ready for that, you know? And that's her vibe. That's what, you know, and that's cool. But that, that just wasn't where I was at that time. So be, be authentic and live in your truth. Live in your truth. If you're sitting at a table, like I take this from the Titanic. This is one of my favorite scenes in, in the movie, the Titanic, where Jack, uh, where, uh, what's her name? Kathy Bates invites Jack to, uh, the dinner with the rich people. And they're all talking about their yachts and their, you know, 
multi-million dollar companies and what they do for a living and jack was like well and they're like what about you jack how'd you get on the titanic and he's like i won my tickets on a, in a game of poker like i mean just completely honest about who he was where he came from what he was doing there what he was going to be doing next completely and like just it is what it is that's my truth and I love that scene so much. And I think there's so much that we can take from that. You know, when we're around these people, now obviously they were like judging him hard. But even in that sense, he didn't care. He did not care how hard they was judging him. And he knew they were judging him. And sometimes it's best to just lean into that. Okay, y'all judging me. Let me give y'all something else to judge. Let me give y'all, a whole, let me give y'all something else to judge. Because y'all going to judge me anyway. So what's what's the the point of me sitting up here faking as if I'm on the same level y'all on when when I'm just not there feeding into the agenda of trying to be you know something that I'm not no I want to touch on one last point and then I'll wrap this up I've talked a lot about mentorship on an individual level but I want to touch on mentorship in relationships because this is so important. We have to take accountability for the ways that we solicit opinions and advice in our relationships. And I really, really, really encourage y'all to talk to your happily married friends. Nobody else. Talk to your happily, operative word there, happily married friends or happily engaged friends or friends who are in strong early stage relationships. If you are only seeking advice from your single and struggling friends, you might as well just hang your relationship up. And I want to specify single and struggling because I would never dare say that single people cannot give sound advice because there are a lot of single people who do view things objectively and they can be fair in their assessments and, you know, they can offer valuable insights. But when you're going to your single and struggling friends for advice, you should expect that you're probably going to feel worse after talking to them. And probably because of the things that you've discussed with them, that have tainted the way they view your partner. You, you, you have to be accountable for that. A lot of times we get upset when our friends are, um, have made up their minds about our partners and they don't support the relationship. They don't agree with the relationship. They're always going to tell you, to get out of it they're always going to advise you you know something negative about the relationship 
it is your responsibility to portray your partner and your relationship in the in the light that you want people to see it so if you want people to see your relationship and or your partner in a negative light continue your gossip continue your smear campaign continue running to your friends every time something negative happens but if you want valuable insight from people one you have to be honest and truthful about these situations two you have to be respectful of your partner regardless of what you're going through because when you are disrespectful you open the door for other people to be disrespectful to you to and about your partner and then when y'all are back on good terms when your uh, fleeting feelings have gone away when your frustration has subsided now you want your friends to be um to all hold hands and, and harmonize over you and your relationship Every time they've said something negative about your partner, you've probably agreed, you know, out of frustration and you've never defended your partner in any capacity. So don't expect that they're going to defend your partner. This is why it's, it's imperative to talk to people who have partners, healthy, loving relationships, because they understand the importance of protecting their home. They understand the importance of, of protecting the integrity of their relationships. They understand that every, with every word I say about my partner and my relationship, I am painting a picture for people. And if you are painting an ugly picture, don't expect people to like it. Don't be afraid to call your happily married friends and family because you, you fear that their unbiased perspectives and objectivity will challenge your need to be right or your need to paint your partner as the villain and you the victim. You're depriving yourself of valuable insight and you don't even realize it. And anyone who is in a happy, healthy relationship will tell you there is no good guy, bad guy in relationships. It's you and your partner versus a problem. At the end of the day, you two are human beings. Y'all are humans with feelings and thoughts, ideas, traumas, experiences that shape the ways that y'all think. And if you're going to people who think in similar ways as both of y'all, y'all going to keep going in that, in that cycle. Y'all going to continue going in that cycle. Your friend's giving you bad advice. And now when you and him are back on good terms, you're afraid to talk to your friends because you already know that they don't like him because of all the stuff that you didn't told him or all the stuff that you didn't told them about her. Like we have to stop the smear campaigns and make decisions for ourselves. If this person is not fit for you, if you do not want to be with this person, it is okay to make your own decision and move on. You don't need convincing from anyone. You don't have to smear somebody's name. You don't have to paint somebody the villain in in this in the story. It's okay to just move on from things that don't serve you. But when you love someone, and, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion in today's times because 
uh, don't let you love someone. God forbid you love someone. God forbid that you actually show genuine love that's not rooted in pride and ego and envy and jealousy. God forbid that. But when you really love someone and the two of you are committed to working it out and making it work, you have to listen to me, y'all. Stop talking to your struggling single friends. You have to stop. I was watching Two Can Play That Game the other day. This is one of my favorite movies, by the way. I always love this movie. But I don't know if y'all remember the scene where um, her and, well, Keith said he was working late. So her and the girls go out to, to her favorite place and they end up seeing him. And, um, you know, she approaches him, she comes back or whatever. And, you know, they like, well, what did you say? What did you say? Cause he's leaving. And she's like, I just said, Hey, and they like, Hey girl, I would do the girl. Do you want me to yank his ass? Like, <laughs> like they were down a breathing down her back about, you know, pushing her to, to make this aggressive gesture toward him to, um, establish, you know, cause all of it, all of that is really rooted in ego, um, to establish some sort of ego response toward him. And she was like, you know, she kind of pans over to the camera in her little freeze camera mode or whatever. And she's like, when you're in a tight spot, your friends are always watching. Just act like, you know, act like nothing's wrong. And she's like, you don't tell them everything because they'll panic and that'll cause you to panic. This is so true. It's so true. And I'm not saying, you know, by any means, you know, if, if we're not, we're not talking extremes here. So I just want to throw that out there. We're not talking about you're in an abusive relationship. You're not telling your friends or your family or whatever. We're not talking about that. But when your friends panic and your friends are shoving their, what I would do down your throat, which 10 times out of 10, they would never do the things that they are encouraging you to do. Remember how I said, when people are giving you advice, they're talking to a younger version of themselves. And even the older version of them that's speaking wouldn't do the things that they're encouraging you to do. And I've even seen it where, you know, I've, you may have reached out to a friend for advice about something. And then they, they turn around and get in that same exact position and they do something totally opposite of what they told me I should do. Stop talking to your struggling single friends about your relationships if you want a ha happy, healthy relationship. That's the bottom line. You deserve true, valuable guidance and mentorship, and you will not get that from your struggling single friends. You just won't. And at the end of the day, you can't be afraid to call a spade a spade. You can't be afraid of the reality that some of your friends are struggling in their singleness. You can't be afraid to, to admit that and to acknowledge that. Doesn't mean that they are bad people. Doesn't mean that some other advice that, you know, they might give you could be good. But when it comes to your love life and your relationships, you can't seek valuable guidance and mentorship from people who, who can't even give that to themselves, 
who can't even apply these same principles that they're preaching in their lives. People talk a lot of uh, self-awareness. They preach a lot of self-awareness and self-love and growing and healing and this and that online. But a lot of times their personal lives just don't embody any of that. There's no growth. You never hear them uh, correcting themselves. So of course they can't take correction from other people. They excuse their behaviors like, well, no, I mean, I did that because whatever, whatever. No, like. Seek valuable insight from happily healthily married relationship people and and truthfully people who have happy healthy relationships with themselves those are the people that you want to go to for valuable insight you don't need people imposing their judgments off on you because all that'll do is distort your decision making process that's all it'll do It'll make you, it'll confuse you. Do I love this person or am I being stupid? Am I, and a lot of times it's like, sometimes, sometimes you wish that these people would advocate for your partner sometimes, but they can't do that because who's, who's advocating for them? And if you've only told them the negative things about your partner, they'll never advocate for him or her. So the things to take away from this portion. Talk to healthy people. Receive guidance and mentorship from healthy people in healthy relationships. Take accountability for the picture that you're painting about yourself, your partner, and your relationship. Make sure the picture that you're painting is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So I'll leave y'all with that. And I want to thank y'all again for tuning into this episode. I'm going to apologize again for my tardiness because I definitely promised y'all last week that I was going to try to get the episode released on Tuesday but school and everything else have been kicking my ass so there's that so this week I'm gonna lean into my truth and say y'all just gonna get it when y'all get it (laughs) okay it's gonna be in within the week I promise I can promise you that but it's just gonna have to come out when it comes out okay Um, (laughs) but I really, really thank y'all for y'all commitment and dedication to the podcast. So thank y'all for joining and I'll leave, leave y'all with, you got to learn yourself to love yourself. So find yourself, be yourself, learn yourself and love yourself because you deserve to be here and you deserve mentorship true, honest, valuable mentorship. Thank y'all for listening.